All right, welcome back to Beyond the Booth. I'm your host, Cameron Capers, and as always, you can follow Beyond the Booth on Spotify and Apple Podcast. You can also find Beyond the Sound on Twitter and Instagram at B-Y-D-T-H-E-S-O-U-N-D. And if you want to support the website and the podcast, you can make monthly or one-time donations on Beyond the Sound's homepage. Uh, today, my guest is Steven Perez. He's better known as Pedazo de Carne con Ojo. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing really good. This is actually our first time like talking. You know, I can hear your voice. <laughs> so yeah. email. So um, this podcast is really cool to be able to, you know, talk to people I haven't really talked to before and get to know them better. So I'm really happy to have you on today. Um, so to get started, um, something that was always fascinating to me is the connection between uh, music and poetry and just uh, reading in general. So I was reading that uh, you actually are a poet as well as a musician. So who are some of the first like authors that kind of inspired you in your poetry? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I'm going to like keep it a buck, like it was like when it before I knew like what poetry was outside of like academia, where it says like, it, you know, you hear Shakespeare or whatever. It was like Nas. Like I, I stole a copy of like my brother had like a burnt copy of like Stillmatic. And oh, wow. that was like huge for me. So I would mm-hmm. I would listen to that a lot and like read the lyrics, you know, on like whatever website at the time. and um and really study it as poetry. And then I got to like, it was like an AP lit class in high school or something. And we read uh, Allen Ginsberg. We read America by Allen Ginsberg. And I remember that being the first time like, like, oh shit, like poetry can be a thing that's not just Shakespeare. It's not just right. the thous and whatever. It's, mm-hmm. it can be contemporary or more modern. It can be the language that we all use. And they get a line in there like a, like you know, I smoke marijuana every chance I get. And I had like I was a I was a little kid. I was a jit, so I had just started smoking weed or something. And I was like, "Whoa, you can like say that? Like we're reading that in school? Uh, Yeah, it's like crazy because when you're a kid, you're just like, oh, everything is this highbrow thing. That's all you get taught, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, That's a good point. Yeah. So, sorry, sorry. Uh, Um, yeah, my bad, but uh. I would say probably like Ginsburg was like the first time that I was like, oh, like poetry exists. And then, you know, I like was in school and studying a bunch of different stuff. And uh, I studied literature. So like in college. So uh, I, I started reading like contemporary poets like uh, Harriet Mullen um, and then finding like people that are like more closer to my age, Morgan Parker, Denez Smith. Um, those are probably the names like in the contemporary setting that like really inspired me in a lot of ways. That's really cool. I'm definitely gonna check them out. Uh, I'm a huge like book reader my entire life. I love reading books. So yeah, it's always been interesting. Like I said, the connection between music and uh, literature uh, is mm-hmm. obviously interchangeable for a lot of different ways. Um, that's really cool. Um, so I was first introduced to your work uh, through Manny from Sidious City Records. A uh, shout out to him. Uh, shout out the boy yeah that's yeah, the homie he's great <laughs> um and so your song uh, stuck in the crib was the first one that i heard and it's interesting you said the whole poetry influence you can definitely hear that um especially in the verses it kind of has that kind of disjointed you know uh the way you kind of sing is not like a traditional you know melody for like a song which is really interesting i love that kind of stuff so um in what ways has poetry like influenced you as a lyricist specifically yeah that's that's a uh, I mean, thank you for listening and like kind of catching that because I don't think sometimes it's hard to bring the page mm-hmm. back into music. It's funny because poetry is is sound. Like I think people forget it because you get you read it in books, but like right. 
poetry was is always it's a sonic thing it's like an an oral with an o and an aural with an a thing it's it's both of those so like um i i kind of stepped away from music a few years ago to like to work and like take care like make sure i'm taking care of family and like i'm right. i'm building a resume or whatever i just like wanted to make sure i could do that right. but i also was like really intentional about focusing on poetry i became very obsessed with that um mm -hmm. and the thing that i really like really started to fall in love with because especially like the rap like the hip-hop and rap that i grew up on it was just like like go 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 you know and then when i got into like indie rock it's like you know when you listen to like a modest mouse or something just keeps going it's just like right. he can just like isaac brock would just like you know just like it's like 50 it's like a a 10 page book in a song you know or a 10 page like poem or something mm -hmm. uh and so i i started reading poetry and really got interested in or got i started focusing on poetry and got really interested in like the 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 rests the stops mm -hmm. like when you're when you're in a room and someone's reading and they take that intentional break you know right. uh that i thought I, I really realized how powerful that was and and a poetry friend of mine who i really like love shout out shout out ben sweet uh but like he he had been studying poetry for a long like throughout his childhood and he was like yo man i love your work but like you got to slow down because i would just kind of look at i was like nervous but i would kind of like want to do it like a rapper or something like i just wanted to keep going and mm, that's um yeah and he just was like listen man the audience is always three seconds like behind right so they're gonna have to always catch up so exactly. you got to take those breaks so that the stuff can sit with them. Mm. And when I was started working on the Pedasso project, I really like tried to be serious about that and be intentional about my, my voice mm. uh, and how much space I occupy. So the other thing too is, is like, like I'm not that great of a singer. So I was just like, <laughs> yo, I gotta like shut up. Like I'm not, <laughs> like I don't need to do that all the time, you know? Right. That's really uh, interesting. You brought that up. I never even thought about it that way. But listening to "Stuck in the Crib," you can definitely hear the intentional rest throughout the song, and like you taking moments to not say anything. Um, and yeah, that's interesting. You said you know taking up space and like being mindful of that because the song it feels. I don't. I can't even describe it. Like it, it almost like you're dancing with someone. If that makes sense, like it's a very like a back and forth between like you singing and the the audio. So that's really interesting you said that because I think a lot of times um, people can get so deep into their own like creative process with music. They like add like all these crazy like little parts they don't need to have in there at all, you know, and there's definitely sure. um, p power and simplicity and not doing too much. And I think that song is definitely a great example of that. Um, so that's really interesting you said that actually. Um, you listen to, uh, I've talked about her so much on the show already, um, Haley Williams from Paramore. Um, she dropped two albums over the past year. Um, and she talked about how she um, grew up like writing poetry too. And like, she's one of my favorite lyricists ever. Like, I don't know. She just, the way she says things, like it makes you think and she doesn't say it in a direct way. And that's why I love about your music too. It's kind of the same way as like you say things where it kind of makes you take a second and think about it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate that. I never, I haven't gotten into like a, you know, I know like the Paramore songs, but I've had a couple friends actually be like, yo, like, the Haley Williams stuff is actually like really dope. Like you should no, check yeah. it out. And I'm like, damn, like maybe, maybe yeah. it's time. Maybe that's what yeah. I'll do after this, you know? <laughs> no, you honestly should. I'm, I've been a huge fan of like my entire life, but yeah, she, I don't know. Just the way she writes and like the way she's able to tell a story within a song is so beautiful. 
Um, and I think a lot of people think of Paramore and think of like, you know, Riot and all that, but like she really has like dimensions to her songwriting that people I think don't give her credit for a lot of the time. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely highly recommend listening to that at some point. It's both projects are amazing, but um, get back on track here. Um, I was <laughs> yeah. talking about, uh, I could talk about that all day. Honestly, she's so good. Um, but uh, speaking of Citrus City Records, uh, they've done so many great things for independent artists over the years. Um, and I have a ton of respect for Manny and everyone that works over there. Um, and they're also, to me, a great example of, you know, community um, and that idea of, you know, not having to go to like a giant label to get your stuff out there and really yeah. build a fan base. So I was wondering, when did you first start working with them? Um, it's probably like two years ago. Uh, I the I put out the Pedasso stuff and I think like just through like mutual sharing it it was a, like a it was the first thing i put out and it was like a it's like 10 minutes it was like six songs or something mm-hmm. and uh yeah he like reached out and was just like yo like this is this is like i fuck with it like if you want to do something down the line like hit me up mm-hmm. um and again like like i mentioned before like i i kind of dipped on music so i was someone who was very tuned in and then three or four years i'm just tapped out i'm like focusing on poetry so then I come back in, you know, I'm like trying to like, I'm making music and I'm listening to, I mean, I was always listening to stuff, but I wasn't keeping up. Right. And, you know, he hit me up and then I'm like looking through the catalog and I'm like, oh, oh damn, like shit, like, oh, he did that and all this stuff. And <laughs> right. so it sat in the back of my mind. Um, I was like, well, maybe I will do something You're like, damn, I got to like, maybe I can do something with Manny and with Citrus, you know, and mm-hmm. um. And I and the other part of me too is like I've, I'm very like I'm you know like bands like Fugazi or something are so important to me and that they really stuck to their ideals are on like a, in a crazy way like on a major level like Master P, who mm-hmm. like was really about like independence and right. and investing in yourself. Exactly. Um, uh, but it was also like community and like hearing the stories of like what Master P did for like Snoop Dogg, but also like what Fugazi did with their label like. And all these DC bands and all these like Northwest band, like that stuff was like really, really kind of like how I was raised through DIY music, you know, like that was the nurturing that I got through DIY music. And so it was really important, like if I were to work with somebody that like it was someone that believes in that um, and really sticks to it. Mm -hmm. And so like I had kind of done the research and I was like, damn, like I, I would love to do that. And then like to be able to work with like a Latinx owned label was really huge for me. Like that was something I was very serious about, especially Mm -hmm. considering like what the Pedasa project was. It was me kind of focusing on my heritage and like, you know, where my family comes from and like honing in on that. So, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of one of those things. It was just like, like a IG like DM that just kind of <laughs> took off, you know, and and I'm right. forever like thankful and grateful to to Manny and and, mm-hmm. and you know like there are other people that are now working in Citrus or even just like people that are a part of Citrus that maybe he released something like Citrus released something and they just like really like back it and put in work in their own way. So right. um, I know people know this about if you know Manny or you know Citrus, you usually like know he's a real good dude, but. I don't think people really realize like how much he sacrifices for the artist he wants to work with. You know what I mean? It's not like this dude is pocketing mad money off of people. Like he no, really no, is no. about like putting stuff out for people and making sure artists support themselves and that they're learning the industry stuff 
for themselves, you know? Uh, exactly. That's a yeah. good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, yeah, I think a lot of times um, you mentioned like the DIY, that mindset. Um, I definitely can uh, attest to that too. Just, I think also just you, you come from like not having a lot of like, access and resources. You have to do it yourself, you know, because you don't have, you know, the means to have someone do it for you. I mean, yeah. that's why I have so much respect for him. And then the label altogether, just um, like you said, um, representing your culture and like representing what you believe in is really important. And I 100% agree with that. Um, something you've been mentioning throughout this interview is that you took a break for a while. Um, so when you came back to writing music, did you feel like from a creative standpoint, like stagnant or like maybe it wasn't like working out at first? How did you feel like when you first started writing again? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And I should probably like clarify. It's not like I stopped making music. That's like, right. it's been always a part of me. But I was like, it was very much like I was making music. Like it was all for me. Like I was not trying to like, uh like not only like offer me in this kind of like i needed it to express myself mm -hmm. but almost like selfishly where i wasn't even thinking of the listener i think mm -hmm. often like artists get caught up in this idea of like well i need to like this needs to be for me and that's all fine and dandy but like i want like i want to make music so that people can dance like i want to relate to people like it's not actually just for me it's actually like for me and the audience you know right. um mm -hmm. So the shift was kind of there. Like I had been making this, like weirdo, like noise music or like punk music. And I was kind of just doing stuff and like uh, exploring different genres. Mm -hmm. And then there was a, there was a moment, actually it was like, there was a skateboarder I really love. So I, I've been skating since I was like 10 and like skateboarding is huge for me. And there was this uh, skater, um, Pablo, who skated, who like skated with these dudes out in San Francisco. A lot of people know him through like GX 1000. Mm -hmm. And I have like some friends who were friends with him and stuff. And so he like passed away skating like a crazy accident. Oh, wow. And his whole motto was just like faster. He was known for like going down, like bombing, like crazy San Francisco Hills. just like, like kind of just like the uh, ultimate adrenaline junkie, just mm -hmm. like doing crazy stuff. And he was also like half Dominican. Not many skateboarders are like big skateboarders are Dominican. That's starting to change, but like that just wasn't the case. So it was also like, damn, like this dude is like, he skates exactly the way I want to skate. He like is, you know, same like ancestral stuff, like all that kind of stuff. And I was just like really looked up and his passing like really hit me. Mm. And I think what it like the big thing that happened was just like, yo, like faster like do it like commit you know like if you're gonna do some shit then like commit don't do this like kind of and pardon for all the cursing and stuff but like don't no, you're, you know go you're totally fine <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but like don't half-ass it you know like really right. be about it so i you know started like i was like i want to do like what i like what wh who am i as a person and what do i want to make so i was like a friend of mine had like gifted me like a like a s like a rolling 404 Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to just like make beats and I was like, but damn, like, what am I like, if I'm sampling stuff, like, what am I sampling? And then started going through like Dominican records from like the sixties, seventies, you know, and, and on and like right. salsa and bachata records. And so there wasn't necessarily like a writer's block or something because it wasn't like I left music, but there was a shift. So when I say like I left music, it was more like I wasn't really trying to do anything with it. And I wasn't thinking of people outside of myself. Right. And then a moment came where I was like, how can I contribute to the craft, be honest with myself, 
think of people around me. And, mm -hmm. and that was kind of that moment. And so I'm not sure if I really necessarily like answered the question, but that was definitely like the change, you know, and, and mm -hmm. um, it was tough. The beginning was definitely tough because I was a whole new genre for me too. Like I, I was rapping and stuff when I was a kid, I always loved hip hop, but I'm also now tapping into like, I'm using the experimental music that like was foundational to my like musician stuff while also like hearkening back to my, my culture and my past. So there was definitely this like, man, if I were to like show anybody the like, I mean, I scrapped a whole album. Like I scrapped oh, wow. a whole ass album when I first started uh, mm -hmm. in the pedazo stuff and was like, nah, I'm good. Like, I don't want to do that. And like, <laughs> you know, it's tough to like go back into it when you're trying new stuff and like getting back into like really being serious about something. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's something I've been, you kind of said all um, just then, but that's something I've been thinking about a lot is like as a creative person, like am I doing this for other people or am I doing it for myself? And like, what is my intention behind it? Um, you know, that implies this podcast, like the blogs, like everything I'm doing. And it's like, I've like realized, you know, I could just be like doing a podcast of like trying to like, interview like big celebrities and stuff. But it's like these conversations like this are more important to me because it's like it's bigger than just one person, you know, and it's about helping yeah. the next person behind you and like just talking about things and uh, getting a better understanding of what's going on. And so, yeah, I've been like asking myself, like, you know, am I doing this? Because I just want to be like, oh, like that podcaster guy or that, you know, am I, what am I doing yeah. it for, you know? And it's like, that's something that I think a lot of us have to ask ourselves. Um, Cause a lot of times people like write songs just because they want to have like a number one, you know, hit or whatever. And it's like, um, I think you have to kind of know when you start out what you want out of it, or you kind of get lost in that um, the creative waters, so to speak, I guess. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think like, I think it's all fine. Like the ego is going to play its role. There's no doubt right. about it. And it's all fine to want to be like the best. Like I shit, I grew up on basketball. Like, yeah, I want to win the game exactly. or whatever, you know, like that shit's fine. Same. But it's to me, it's like, like, what are you trying to contribute to the craft? Because even if you are the number one person in a hundred years, they might not know who the fuck you are. Exactly. So did you change? Did you like have a hit or did you change the game? And that's kind of like my whole thing. And I think that actually like, that's actually like much less daunting for artists. I think if you really approach it that way, cause it's just like, damn, how can my voice contribute? And I don't mean like singing. I mean like my, 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 my personality, my, exactly. my soul or spirit, like how can I contribute to this and do something that's interesting? You know, like, exactly. I think that's actually a lot easier than trying to like pine for this, you know, this thing that purely is like luck, like a number one hit, you work for it. But like, ultimately, it's just like, are you the trend of the, are you right. that wave right now? Exactly. It's not really like it, like there are plenty of, we all, you could, I mean, sure. I'm sure you know that like there are plenty of artists that have made amazing work that never were popular, but exactly. they changed how music functions or how whatever art form functions, you know? Exactly. No, yeah. That's a good point about the ego. That's something I've been uh, grappling with, especially since uh you know covid and all that and like being at home a lot and being more in my own head uh yeah it makes you kind of force yourself to sit down with yourself and kind of yeah ask yourself questions like that like why am i doing this and what am i trying to do um that's why i love doing this uh, podcast because it's like i can have conversations with people that usually you know don't get a platform to talk about certain things that people don't want to talk about in music or just creative spaces at all so yeah it's like yeah i care more about having an insightful conversation as opposed to like getting a million streams on the podcast about talking about random shit you know that no one cares about so it's like sure yeah i'm trying to find that like balance of like what is important to me and what am i trying to do 
Um, but something you've been talking about is your um, upbringing and your heritage. Um, and something that's interesting is like the intersecting cultural backgrounds that you have. Obviously, a lot of people have that as well. Um, but I was reading that you're first generation Dominican and living in America. Um, and you talked about how you kind of feel like an outsider sometimes in both of those spaces. Um, because obviously, you know, living in America and being first generation can be like a hard thing to navigate. Um, so can you talk about like your Dominican culture, like the upbringing you've had and the influence it's had on you as a creative, both as a p- poet and as a musician? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, I think the the most important thing that you said about that is like we all we all have that, you know, like we all have our there's the intersection, the sectionalities, the mm-hmm. the we all have our different upbringing. So it's like nothing is like special or anything. But right. um, I think sometimes like we we can play that game and it's like, you know, like it's you are you. You should like be proud of yourself as long as you're not hurting people, like be proud of who you are and your upbringing and stuff. But like exactly. Um, I would say like that kind of like feeling like an outsider constantly. Well, I'll say like first growing up here, like, yeah, like I, my mom doesn't really speak English that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, my pops was around, but not really like lived in different states for the majority of my life. So like I was talking to like my, my girlfriend about this the other day. It's just like, it's just like, I don't know the rules and I don't even mean like laws, which, but that I think is a part of it too, but it's just like, like the rules. Like I remember going to college and just like, like, like an example is just like kids withdrawing from class. And I was like, wait, you could do that? Like, that's okay. Like, that's not gonna, that's actually a smarter thing to do because it doesn't mess up your transcript, yada, yada, yada. Like those kind of things where it's just like, I don't know the rules, you know what I mean? Or like how, mm-hmm. how to be in a certain environment because culturally it's just different, you know what I mean? So like, that's like a big thing, I think that's a little like more difficult when you are growing up, but ultimately I think like works out in my favor and all of my friends who are like, you know, first generation or something, they feel that I feel like they say the same thing, you know, it's like, it was tougher, but it also made me a lot stronger. Cause like I, I had to learn both things, you know, like I had to kind of figure it out on my own. I had to, I had to mature quicker than a lot of people, you know, especially when like you come from lower income neighborhoods. So like, like, you know, I'm like, I like, I think you could be first, like, you might have an accountant if you got a little more money, but like someone like myself, it's like, I was helping my mom do taxes and shit, you know, like, it's like, right. it's just a different thing that way. Um, mm. But it's also like, I got into like, I mean, by the time I was 11, I was listening to like Taking Back Sunday or something, which, <laughs> nice. you know, my mom's wasn't too into that. Like, it's like, <laughs> why are you listening to them with the whiny voices? Like, what are you doing? You know, or like, um, so there's that part where it's like, you know, I'm like the, I'm like the ultra American kid to my family, but then mm-hmm. to like my friends, I'm like the Dominican kid. So mm-hmm. there's always this like kind of culture clash. Right. Um, and that was a little strange, but I, I actually like, I'm really thankful for it because like, you know, I can make a song that's sampling yeah, or like I don't know. Fuck, I should be quiet about some of the shit. But I can like use like a I can like use a shoegaze song with a salsa song in the same one, you know, or like mm-hmm. I can utilize like techniques from both of those styles into right. one because fortunately, like I was raised on both to some extent. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so it's it's actually like I, I look at it as like a gift in some ways, but not to say it should ever be a curse. I mean, in America, it can feel that way, but like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's I think that's kind of like where 
that's where it's had like the most impact on me is kind of being able to navigate multiple spaces right. uh, and feel comfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, something you said about like not knowing the rules uh, definitely resonates. I don't know why I was listening to Frank Ocean the other day. Um, Cause he's the best. What do you mean? I mean, that's the God right there. Like that's exactly. why. <laughs> why, why listen to this? All right, this is terrible. Um, but I was listening. Uh, what song was it? It's from Blonde. I can't remember the name right now. But he said, uh, "I've been living an idea, an idea from another man's mind." And that, like, I've heard that song a million times. But, like that lyric just hit me the other day for some reason, and it really made me think about just like growing up black in America. It's like feeling like you're born into a space where it's like you're living in an idea that someone else created. Like you can't even navigate in the world the way you want to because you have to play by someone else's rules and then i don't know why like that lyric just like stood out to me the other day like i've heard that song a million times like i said but yeah that definitely makes sense about you said playing the rules like even if you are born in america if you're not like a cis straight white dude like it's going to be like some bullshit to some extent so it's like yeah that's something i've definitely had to like figure out too is like how do i navigate the like, especially the music you know scene um, it's a lot of places are predominantly white too. So it's like yeah. being the only black person, in a lot of spaces sometimes can be like, how do I, you know, feel comfortable and feel like I'm actually being valued as opposed to being like tokenized or like looking at a certain way, you know? So, um, sure. yeah, that's, that's really interesting that you said that. So I definitely agree. And obviously, you know, it's not the same, like across racial and gender lines and all that, but there is that common, you know, sense of like feeling out of place sometimes. So I definitely understand that. Um, and I wanted to talk about uh, your new album, uh, Dun Dun, comes out next Friday, actually, the 16th. Uh, I'm really <laughs> excited to listen to it. Um, so we talked about stuff Stuck in the Crib earlier, which is, like, really reflective. Um, and it kind of, I don't know if this is on purpose or not, but it kind of reminded me of, like, you know, the whole quarantine pandemic thing in general. Like, Oh, yeah, like, for sure. Know, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, why I scared. Sure. I don't want to make an assumption. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so you, I hope it outlives that. But, like, yeah, <laughs> definitely. You know? <laughs> no, I think it will, because that video, you can definitely... Um, perceive that in a lot of different ways because honestly i thought about quarantine a lot obviously but I also thought about like anxiety and mental health i'm not sure if that was you know in there at all but that definitely yeah, reminded yeah. me of that i like, kind of being in your own head um but that could a whole different conversation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i wanted to talk about like just kind of the timeline of this album and um overall like, when you were done with it how did you feel like it helped you grow as an artist and as a musician yeah um I will say like stuck in the crib, definitely the anxiety is part of it. I mean, a lot of it was like some of those lines were written like before the pandemic and the, all that stuff in the quarantine. And it was about just like how tough the winter can be. Like a lot of the album is actually about winters. Like it's about the winter and the summer to some extent, but like it's kind of just about like that, the seasonal depression stuff. So like it kind of just worked perfectly for the quarantine, but it it doesn't actually it wasn't actually written around that time. All, all of it. Some of it was. Right. Um, this album was like the first time I turned the vocals up. You know, like this was the first time I like really was like, like, yo, like you're going to you're going to like tr- be confident in yourself. It's almost probably to like my own detriment, because I'm again, like I'm not a great singer, but um, I would say it was the most like vulnerable I think I've been. Uh, like n- not necessarily even lyrically, but like like vocally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of those songs were written before the quarantine. Some a lot of them were written during. Um, trying to navigate like uh, again that kind of outsider feeling um, while right. also like indulging in 
positive things like you know moments with my partner or uh like like trusting my friends or like just enjoying just having blissful moments um mm-hmm. because i think i you know again man i taking back sunday that was there for me as a kid so all the emo shit that'll always come out but like right. there's Who's something to like person? enjoying life <laughs> you know like being positive you know right um that's really uh, yeah so that was a that was like a pursuit on it mm-hmm. um i don't know uh yeah i think like uh it was also like i knew I knew that my last record, Pero Like Como Tal, like that one was going to be, you know, I kind of knew that one was very much like I'm tapping into a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to like break away from that. Right. Um, not necessarily in that like, like it's funny, like people will listen to it and probably be like, oh, he's not doing the salsa thing anymore. Yet I'm actually like listening to a lot of just like, different genre dominican and like latinx records it's just mm-hmm. people only associate the like reggaeton or like salsa and bachata with like latinx music so mm. um a lot of it was me like trying to be comfortable in my like pedazo space while also exploring different genres so i think it is like i'm very excited for what it kind of like opened up for me um right. and i think i just got better like pedazo like was also like a started because i started using ableton like i just had never used it and then mm-hmm. i did and i was like oh this is this change like most like most music right now you know i think everyone's kind of in the ableton thing but like right um i think this record was also just like like dun dun was like okay i'm i'm figuring out ableton like i it's not as much of a like trial and error or like fucking around it's really like okay i know what i'm doing i know how to utilize this stuff mm-hmm. um so I think in that way it was a big like a like a musicianship growth I would say right that makes sense yeah that, that's interesting you talked about like uh you know kind of breaking away from your uh, Dominican not breaking away from it but like that sound and kind of going to something else I think a lot of times with uh, artists um, basically who aren't white you know like they kind of can get pigeonholed into doing one thing um, I was actually watching this video about uh it's kind of different it's about like black women in hip hop basically and how like a lot of times they have to be like sexual in order to get like visibility it's like all this you know it's a very deep conversation yeah. but yeah it's interesting how like across racial lines like a lot of times you get kind of put into one category where you can't really break out or try different things but other people are you know offered more um room with that um and it's interesting you're talking about washington actually um i mentioned this also a different episode of bad brains i read a book about them and they were talking about like how you know growing up in dc it was like they were in the punk scene but they're like the only black punk band there you know and yeah. i didn't know who they were until like a few years ago but it's so crazy how they influenced so many like punk bands and just bands in general that i listen to and it's like that's so crazy how a lot of times you can be denied access to something but you're the one contributing so much to it you know um and that's yeah that's something that i've been like this is really interesting uh how that works when you can be like pushed away but you're you know you're offering so much at the same time so yeah, I think it's important for people to not, you know, get so tied down into like musicians making one type of music because people should be able to explore those different avenues of themselves. For sure. And culture should not define like identity shouldn't define genre, you know, like. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I. it's just like it doesn't I mean, I think the Bad Brains one is a great example. It's just like they're one of the most influential punk bands to ever exist. And it's right. like they were they felt 
outcasted or something exactly. or like and yeah and i'll be um, 25 in june i just found out about them like maybe five years ago like what does that say you know like all yeah sure yeah and yeah and it's like yeah that it says a lot about how um, a lot of stuff can be like kind of gatekeeped and like kind of you can be marginalized obviously in the music industry but i'm also glad that with social media and like the internet there's more access for people to actually learn stuff like that and you know kind of have these conversations where hopefully it can get better you know for the next generation of musicians to where they can kind of feel more free to experiment with their sound without feeling like oh i'm black so i have to make hip-hop or oh i'm this you know so yeah i think it's definitely important for people to have that freedom for sure um but as we're yeah. going down here i just wanted to talk about um i like to talk to my guests about you know future goals and all that I mean, obviously, whisking the album is a huge, you know, milestone. So um, that's an accomplishment within itself. But I was wondering, you know, past the album and moving forward, do you have anything in mind that you want to accomplish? Or are you just kind of focusing on whatever happens? Uh, I think a little bit of both. I think, like, the one thing I've learned is if you don't work on your shit, it's not going to happen for you. But also, like, if you don't work on your life, then it's not going to happen for you. So, like, there's a lot of me that's like, man. All right, man. I've been I've been putting out shit. I mean, I've put out like three releases in the last two years. Like I right. I need to live my life and like grow. Mm-hmm. Um I really want to work with an orchestra. That's like a mm-hmm. huge thing for me. That'll be um, cool. Yeah, just to like be able to do something like that. Uh mm-hmm. I keep having this weird like uh this weird like pipe dream of like doing an album where there are no drums on it. I just really want to do that for myself. Like mm-hmm. a pedazo album with like no drums on it. That would be really um, interesting. Yeah, but I probably won't. I love I love drums. Uh, but like yeah, I'm ba- bass and drums. That's my that's my shit. 100. percent That's that's it, man. Like an 808 can go a long way for me. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think that's just it. Just like personal growth, letting it ride. But I'm also trying to like. I want. I don't want to stop moving. So like, you know, work on visuals, design clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, like work with other artists i'd love to produce a, a record for like other people I've, d- I've been pretty insular and i would love to be like all right here's 20 beats like do an album like and not have to me not have to put a story out there you know right yeah um, i would love to hear you produce like a rap song that would be really interesting <laughs> yeah it'd be, i I would love to do that. i mean i've like I've, I've made the beats and like worked with like like i've tried it but i haven't like really committed to it mm-hmm. um like i'm i'm equally like I want to produce like a record for a rapper or something or like an R&B artist mm-hmm. as as much as I want to like work with an orchestra and like do some shit like that. You know, like that's like it's those are my two like big goals right now. Right. Yeah. Another recommendation. I'm sure you listen to a Solange, her latest album, uh, When I Get Home. Oh, yo, that's like I've told people this multiple times. If I could be any artist, like Dude, if I geez. like if someone's like you will you'll Freaky Friday with an artist. It's Solange, hands down. Her like, mind is just like she's on a different like wave out of a no. Like how to describe yeah. it. Yeah, the film that she that they did for when I get oh, home. Like, so come on. She yeah. said in an interview, like if you listen to the album, I didn't even notice this, but she said there's like only one song that has guitar on it. Like she did, she intentionally didn't put guitar on the album at all. And I was like, I did not even notice that. And that just shows how like good the album still is without having any guitar on it. That you can be so immersed into that you don't even notice that any guitars on the songs. And it's like. That just reminded me of what you said about not having any, you know, drums on a, a record. But that's just so amazing to me how you can kind of shift like your mind to such a way you don't even realize that something is missing, but so much is still there. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. Totally. I mean, she is like a, she's a great example of restraint mm-hmm. in music. Mm-hmm, um, I agree. Like she knows how to 
step away. And I think the other thing too is like, I think her, uh, Pharrell, I would probably throw in that camp. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some other people I'm probably forgetting, but like those two, I always think about. You never know if the instruments are acoustic or electronic. Exactly, I love. And that. that's like really, really impressive. Mm-hmm. You like, know, like yeah, my shit, like my shit probably sounds electronic. You know, but mm-hmm. like the fact that people like they can do that, and you're like, are those real drums or not? Like that's really <laughs> impressive. So like exactly. that's another thing I have so much respect for is that like they craft their song. For they craft a song, they're not like trying to just take instruments and figure it out. It's really yeah, like right. crafting a song. Right. No, yeah, I just wanted to mention that because you brought up yeah, not using drums and it reminded me of that story. Like I thought it was so yeah. interesting. I didn't know that. That's crazy. I actually like I might right. have to hit you up for like wherever you found that. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely I'll send it to you. I also you some Haley Williams stuff too, because like I said, I think you would fuck with her. Uh just her lyricism is just like I've said this many times. I think she's one of the best lyricists of our generation. I'm not just saying that because she's in Paramore, but like, I genuinely believe that. Um, oh, that's yeah. why I love, yeah, like I said, just writing music and listening to lyrics. I love to read. And it's like, I love when someone can make you think about something. Like after the song is already over, you know, like 10 minutes later, you're still thinking about like one lyric or whatever. Like I just live yeah. for that shit. So yeah, I'll definitely send you some <laughs> stuff after we're done with the interview. But Please do. Um, yeah, man, I want to say thank you for taking the time to speak with me. This was a great conversation. Um, and I'm really, really excited for the album um and yeah if you have anything to say like you know any social media stuff you want to plug before we get out of here uh i mean you know i'm on ig and all the stuff Pedazo de carne con ojo. i want to say like thank you like for real this is a great conversation and just thank you for what you're doing um yeah, of you know you the courage to like do this stuff all the time and get artists on here and have conversations with them and learn about them and and try to promote their work and and be on your grind like it's not easy uh so yeah, man, it's, kudos it's to not- you <laughs> thank you for the time of course uh, it, it really means the world yeah man i appreciate it um yeah like i said i would definitely be sure to share the album when it comes out i'm real excited to hear it and uh yeah i'm definitely gonna be tapped into what you're doing next man i'm real excited for you thanks so much man thank you of course have a good night man you too take care